Commonwealth's attorney Joe Platania is with us. Good to see you in studio, man. Thanks for coming in. Absolutely. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's get to, there's always a lot that is happening. Um, and and I know you have set the 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 bar in that you can only there's only so much you can say when there's an active investigation. But it is public information that CPD uh, obtained a warrant and recovered over forty eight thousand dollars in cash, over a pound of marijuana, ammunition, two rifles in the city. And I guess my response to that would be to ask you when you see CPD effectively confiscating firearms that are illegal and getting drugs off the street you know what talk a little bit about how important that is what they're doing for our community well i was just listening to you the other day talk about accountability and i think this community expects the police department and the prosecutor's office are going to help keep them safe and that's a that's a very valid and reasonable expectation and so when you see them doing that sort of important work involving firearms. And I think the press release also commented that people related to the execution of that search warrant, I think there were three arrests involving people discharging firearms and shootings, two adults and one juvenile. It's it's not ideal, it's not what we'd like to see, but when folks make decisions like that that impact the safety of this community, there's gonna be uh, accountability, investigation, arrest, and prosecution. Yeah, we're talking with Joe Platania, and I, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about that. You know, you are you have been someone who is very open to alternatives to incarceration, to programming, to an, an, a, as you said, the protection of victims and the fair treatment of offenders. But it sounds like, and I don't want to speak for you, that you draw a line with violence that is pretty strong in terms of your approach to when when individuals are engaging in in behaviors with firearms is that would that be fair to say yeah i mean i think the general concept and philosophy of the office is jail is a last resort not a first option you want to divert people into you know the therapeutic docket drug treatment court the bridge ministry that you and pastor washington um so passionately advocate for so you really want to approach the problem when someone makes a mistake and makes a bad decision you want to look at diversion and programming so that they can come back into this community and be productive. But we also have programs for people that are out in the community committing violent acts with firearms. And that program is at Al Marshallsville Regional Jail. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's not our first option, but that if, if that's the route someone wants to take with the decisions they make that impact community safety, that's sort of how we're gonna handle those individuals. Joe Platania is our guest, the uh, Commonwealth's attorney in the city of Charlottesville as we talk about public safety and a number of things that are tied to it. In that press release from the city just yesterday, you did you referenced the arrest. There were a, there was a 19 year old, a 22 year old, and a juvenile, all males. And so we're still at that. You have commented on this before, and maybe you can talk about what you're seeing from the office as you work with law enforcement. I would imagine this is still a very significant issue about young men engaging in these type of behaviors in of course in not just in the city but in the urban ring and in our commonwealth but in particular what you're seeing in the city and what are you seeing yeah i mean we're just seeing i think chief kachis has repeatedly said this there's too many guns out on the street they're they're ubiquitous and i wish i was able to sit here and explain why and where they're coming from and why we've seen this massive proliferation of folks arming themselves. I I don't get it. It makes no sense to me. 
and I, I can't explain it. And we're seeing people, I don't know if it had something to do with COVID and there was three years where there was no socialization, but people are resolving minor petty conflicts by taking out guns and discharging them. Mm. I mean, it's nuts. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, yeah. And then also I know um, you have aggressively and successfully, and I you know just try to use the appropriate adjectives, individuals who've committed homicides in this city. You know, and of course, you know, Chief Cotchis just had a town hall. We've talked about this. It was a completely different tenor to his credit of what he's accomplished in the city and community relations. But there were, I think there were six homicides in 2023. Is that correct? There were six, correct. What, where to, to the liberty of what you're able to share, Joe Platania, um, where are we in the prosecution of those who were charged with committing those those offenses in terms of if, whether you're able to share if there are guilty pleas or if there's we've moved along in what is public in any of those cases? So I believe, I don't have it in front of me, I believe Tadashi Keys was one of the first and he was tried and a jury found him guilty and he's pending sentencing. And this is a public document. The court docket today reflects that two individuals are slated to plead guilty. Um, LaCorey Brooks, which was the homicide at the corner, and Orlando Allen Jr., which was the homicide at the Sunshine Mini Mart. And, and the, the conviction of Mr. Keyes and the two guilty pleas that are slated to happen today, and they, they might not, but it's on a, on a docket that the courts released, those are the result of really thorough work by the Charlottesville Police Department and the detectives. They got on these cases right away. You mentioned there were six homicides in 2023. There also were six arrests on every single one of those. Now, individuals that are awaiting trial are presumed innocent. I want to be careful to say that. Mm -hmm. But the police department very quickly and capably got on those cases, investigated them, and established probable cause to make arrests. And that's not always the case. Let me ask you, uh, I th did you take office in 2017, 2018, January of January 1st, 2018. So you took office four months after August of 2017. Right. Correct. And so, you know, in an opportunity to be reflective, if Chief Cotches can be reflective of his first year, <laughs> I think you're into year seven um, or going on it. But how different, if you can even put it into words, the atmosphere in January of 2018 to February of 2024? Well, what I'm about to say is with the benefit of hindsight. Because at the time, being in the middle of it and all the August 12th prosecutions, I, you know, we were all drinking from a fire hose. The trauma that our community was collectively experiencing, including our office and the police department, along with all the citizens, the trauma that we were collectively experiencing is, is almost beyond words. I heard Courtney Stewart earlier commenting on that was one of the most traumatic things to happen to this community. I think she said in modern times. Yeah. So just... Looking back, I think we've just come so far. There's been some, you know, healing. There's been some new people and positions, and it seems like government is once again functional. The police department's close to fully staffed. They're out not only investigating crimes, but doing community walks. There was just one yesterday over on Grady and 12th, establishing relationships. Uh, not to keep quoting Chief Cotches, but putting money in the bank in the relationship business. Oh, yeah. And so the, I think those relationships are being rebuilt from the ground up and strengthened. And it just, I mean, let me ask you, it feels different around here, doesn't it? De it? it definitely does. It just does. feels better. And I think you got to give credit because 
that was, as you said, you can't really put into words the, and, and what I will ask you is a brief follow-up. What kind of pressure were you and, and Nina Anthony and others in your office under when you're prosecuting something that is unprecedented we hadn't seen in our country in decades, right? That got nat- world news and you're responsible for holding these individuals accountable to the state law, not necessarily, you know, there's, there, there can be federal prosecution with Chris Kavanaugh and we can get into all that. But to the to the state and city charges, your responsibility, if you can even describe it for those of us who will never experience that, what was that like? Well, I have a little thing on the wet board in my office, a quote that says, you're one of two things in life, humble or about to be. Mm. <laughs> and it was one of the most humbling experiences I, I've ever gone through because it, it, was, it was just a lot. And what got me through was family, friends, and colleagues, and the support of people in this community. None of us could have ever, in our office, done it alone, and we had the support of an awful lot of people to get us through. And hopefully, you know, looking back, we 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 did the best we could, and hopefully, it, it you know it it was a satisfactory result. It is. Uh, Joe Platania is our guest here, Commonwealth Attorney in the City of Charlottesville. Final thing to ask you, because one of the things Chief Koch talks about, and I know you agree with him. A lot of progress, still work to do, right? As you just talking about what we were talking about earlier with juveniles and young people and some of the challenges. But the thing, the Chief Cotches at his town hall, Joe, released the heat maps and some some really kind of startling numbers on overdoses that we were experiencing the most since 2017 and that there had been this slow aggregate of in, in, in fentanyl and others, but but... The, the 101 overdoses in 2023 versus 34, 31 in 2019. And that in communities of color, uh, uh, African-Americans less represent less than one in five citizens of Charlottesville, but they were represent over 50% of the overdoses. And I, I bring it up because I know I've seen you. I know how passionate you are about equity. I know how much you care about all individuals and, and individuals and communities of color. When you hear those statistics, you know, just what comes to mind about steps we can possibly take? Well, let me answer that and throw out one other statistic. We talked about the six homicides in 2023. So that's six charged individuals and six victims and their family members. So that's 12 affected parties, if you will. Mm -hmm. Of the 12, 10 of them were African-American. 10 charged individuals and 10 victims were African-American. Man. 10 out of 12. It's sobering, Joe. I, I, I mean, I'm sitting here and, and, and you and I, we talk about this all the time so we can take our private conversation public. You've worked with Mr. Washington for over 20 years. You've known him. Um, you've worked with individuals like Dr. Alvin Edwards, others, you know, people in our community. In particular to Mr. Washington, when I watch him, this is a burden. I mean, this is a this is a weight of concern. It's pretty much I don't know that you can really express it. And and I, you know we know what he offers and what he wants to do. And I know that you you have been very supportive of that. And we have to continue to keep doing our work together. Um, but I I appreciate you sharing that because I don't do you th- have we as a community. I hate to say it, Joe, can we come somehow somewhat be desensitized to seeing the same things at times? A hundred percent. When Chief Cotches, when he looked at the heat maps and the 
um, the part one violent crime, and it's it's concentrated in areas. They're they're predominantly low wealth, um, black and brown communities. And Chief Kachi said, "Shame on us! Like we can do better." And we are a back end solution to all this. Arrest and prosecution is a back end solution. Like we get involved after there's a homicide. We get involved after there's an overdose. So, you know, very complex. I've heard Tim Hafey talk about the complexities of it and the nuances. But we've got to talk about front end solutions. And that's parents and teachers and coaches and faith leaders and programs like The Bridge. And I know you and Pastor Washington are like, we want local African-American men to get into our program, to help them on the front end before they have to be dealing with Chief Cotches and Joe Pultania. And so I don't know, Jay, other than like, let's just keep having the conversation. But it's, uh, I, I think you said sobering. That's certainly one way to describe it. It's it's tragic. Well, I will say this, though, in in fairness to the conversation, you and Chief Cotches have demonstrated, and, and as we continue to move forward as a community, that you care very deeply about this issue. No question. That, that's where it's got to start. I mean, if you you could easily just say, I'm just going to do my job and prosecute. That's not what you've done. You've invested yourself and your staff into working with programs, i.e. the bridge and other programs that can make a difference in this area. So I, I commend you for that. And And we're out of time. What do you think about that? Well... It, it, it always goes quick. It was great <laughs> spending some time with you. It was. I appreciate your time and your service to this community. We'll archive it at WINA.com.